Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's happening, y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Crunch Time right here on my Instagram Live. I'm Benjamin Bullock, man. Thank y'all for joining me um, and everything hopping on here with me this Thursday evening, September the 3rd. So we're in another month of this crazy, crazy year, 2020, man. And I really appreciate y'all uh, hopping on with me and being very supportive of everything with um, of this whole entire movement and crunch time. So for those who are joining me for the very first time, uh, this particular crunch time, well, this particular episode or this particular podcast, I should say, really we just try to dive in and give you real talk analysis and provide uh, real, real talk uh, conversations about sports entertainment and whatever else that might be any current events that might be happening across the country and the world or whatever I'm just feeling man so I definitely want to appreciate uh I definitely appreciate y'all time and uh y'all uh fans and all the fans and the entire audience everybody who's chimed in um so for the, for this particular week uh we want to focus on kind of the events that's been surrounding the WNBA and the NBA uh and for my guest this week I have my man Eric Woodyard of ESPN uh also Dorothy Gentry from the Athletic, New York Times, 25 years of experience. She's a veteran in the sports industry. She's a reporter, so she's been around the block a lot. So I appreciate y'all hopping on with me. So the title of this episode or this particular episode is, is The Fight for Social Justice between with the NBA and the WNBA, them teaming up to kind of fight this fight that, we're, that we've been fighting for so long as black people for equality and just strictly just social justice. So I'm going to get, get Eric on here first, man. That's my man. Like I said, I've been knowing Eric for quite some time. We know each other through uh, through NABJ, and he's one of my best friends out there in the industry. I'm going to go ahead and add Eric. Big E! What's good, boy? What's up, man? What's going What's up, on? Pete? Can you hear me good? Yeah, I got you, bro. I hear you just fine. Loud and clear, hey, bro. What's going I gotta on? Sure, got to make sure I ain't on here like Teddy Riley and nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now, we made some advancements. Everything been good since then, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's going on, bro? You good up there in Flint, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. Just man, study working. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing, ain't nothing changed. Same old. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of work, man, how's life been as a reporter, man? Report on the NBA. You not even can't even cover games. You got to do press conferences through Zoom and all that. It was weird at first. You know, I'm, I ain't even gonna lie. It was it was super weird. But like, you know, once with anything, you're gonna adapt. You know, I think that's what we all been taught this whole year, just to kind of adapt to the circumstances. And after a while, I mean, we've been doing it so long that you just kind of kind of figure it out, man, and uh, try to be creative, and I think I've been doing a pretty good job at it. Bro, you've been killing that thing, by the way. Man, I appreciate it, man. I've been hearing you on the Zoom calls, <laughs> answering them questions and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, man. It's like, it's, you know, it's kind of been good, though, because, you know, with being able to be on the Zoom calls, I was busy a lot throughout the regular season, so you're able to, you know, get a, not not face-to-face, -face, but get FaceTime with people that you normally wouldn't be able to as regularly, so. Right. Man, I was following a lot of teams. You know, it was a lot of work, man, but it's, it's been fun. That's cool, man. Y'all, this is Eric Woodyard of ESPN, a reporter. He's based in Chicago, so he handles a lot of the Midwest region when it comes to the NBA. Um, but more specifically, you cover the Bucks, so you're pretty busy right now. And uh, last week, they really made uh, news waves in, reg in regards to what happened up there in Kenosha, Wisconsin, with Kyle Rittenhouse and also Jacob Blake. Uh, so they decided to boycott Game 5, which sparked a three-day shutdown of the NBA and a two-day shutdown of the uh, the WNBA. So just kind of walk, walk us through, like, kind of what happened, you know, once you got word of everything. Because as a reporter, you know, if you're down there, you can kind of get word, check your sources. But when you're away, you kind of you just – you're not even in the loop, kind of. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, we talked to uh, 
before every game. It's just like a normal day. We're just not there. So, like, we get the pregame availability with the coach. And so, we was talking to, you know, Coach Mike Budenholzer. And, you know, they somebody brought that up with their protest because we saw reports of other teams possibly want to do that. So, I didn't really think it would be anything seriously, though. So, as I'm watching the game, just like everybody else, we started to see things develop. Obviously, internal communication. Then once everything start to uncover it, it all makes sense because George Hill was the first one. You know, he's kind of been outspoken about this topic. You know, I don't really – I think he was kind of torn on being in the bubble in the first place. Right. I had sat on a uh, – you know, he was on a panel in Indianapolis, and he was kind of just saying how it really affected him. He broke out crying. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, so this was like before they entered the bubble, maybe a couple weeks in advance. So I know he was really struggling with that um, beforehand. So – to my knowledge, you know, guys were getting dressed. It wasn't like it was planned. This wasn't a planned thing. Guys were getting dressed. Like, Wesley Matthews said he was in the locker room, like, putting his shorts on. And then, like, <laughs> you know, G, George Hill came out and was, like, you know, the first kind of to take the stand. From there, Sterling Brown stepped up. And, you know, with Sterling, his situation with the police yeah. that he had, you know, him being, you know, um, tased by police for, you know, parking in the spot in Walgreens that he wasn't supposed to, like, kind of just being racially profiled. Right. And, uh, you know, from there, Giannis got on board and uh, it was just like a team wide thing. And they stood tall with it and they thought they were going to have to forfeit the game, you know, until mm -hmm. the league stepped in and made it a postponement. But they was really set on that. And I think with it being in their backyard, you know, that really, really hit home to them. Right. How were you able to cover that, bro? Because considering, you know, your bucks is in your backyard, but you in Michigan right now. And, you know, like you said, you hear all these things happening. But so how did how did it go in terms of trying to get know, the right quotes and the right, you know, checking in with the right sources and everything. From that point, it's collaborative, man. That's why we got people in the bubble and we got people still working from outside the bubble. So a lot of the things, um, as far as happening on the ground, they were there. Malika Andrews, Adrian Wojnarowski, Mark Spears, you know, they inside handling it from there. But then once we start to get, you know, a little more reports and, you know, availability and stuff, then I'm taking in from my job. So it's like, it's a team effort when it's something like that. You know, if I was there, obviously it'd be a lot different. Um, but, you know, it was a team effort. But this whole year we've been, you know, having to adapt. I was in Milwaukee the day uh, that, you know, Donovan, I mean, that Rudy Gobert tested positive and the next day Donovan tested positive that kind of forced the league to shut down. So we kind of used to um, being on our toes at this point. So, you know, it's kind of all hands on deck at that point. Yeah, I feel like Malika did a really good job in terms of, like, she was really on point with everything, really doing a lot of videos and everything. Talk about her role in breaking all that story that she did and all that. Man, yeah, she's she been phenomenal, man. It's my first year, so I'm leaning on them a lot, you know, from mm -hmm. Malika to Wolves to Mark Spears to, yeah. you know, Tim Bontemps to, you know, Tim McMahon, you know, everybody, man. Everybody's kind of just been, you know, I've been leaning on everybody, and uh, it's been a great experience. But, you know, Malika, somebody I talked to, she was doing my job before, me right. in Milwaukee, you know, so, um, like I said, I'm learning, man. I'm, it's my first year there. I'm, I'm not pretending like I know everything, but I'm picking my spots, too. I got to <laughs> get my jabs here and there, here and there. So, I'm, I'm, it is what it is, man. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, man. Uh, talk to me a little about this, the article that you wrote last week about Milwaukee being disappointed in the state's le legislative because they weren't really trying to revamp their police policies. I know, p policing policies, because I know the, the team issued a statement or they came out as a group. I talked to everybody. I think George Hill was the one to do that. Yeah, him and, him and Sterling Brown, they were the ones to step up and do that. Like I say, they were the first two to really um, address the situation. Yeah, man, so, I mean, I'm I'm not really big off into politics. I'm not – I mean, I got into sports for a reason. But obviously, right. in these situations, you got to be knowledgeable. You got to know about everything at this point. So, guys right. were extremely disappointed. Um, you know, basically in Wisconsin, it's Republican control, to my knowledge. 
so the governor Tony Tony Evers is is his name. Uh, he called like a special session, pretty much, to like address a package of bills, and some of those were like policies on policing. Mm. And they were trying to get, you know, obviously after Jacob Blake was shot shot in Kenosha in Wisconsin, they were trying to bring some policing policies, you know, including like you know them getting more training, uh, right. just just like basic things, the ban of use of chokeholds, you know, no knock warrants by police. The same situation with like Breonna Taylor. So they were really trying to like really uh, de-escalate situations moving forward. And they were trying to present the bill. So basically the legislator came right, legislation came right in and just like didn't even address the situation at all. So Kyle Corver, uh, Chris Middleton, those guys like expressed disappointment. Like this is, this, this is whack. You know, pretty much that's what they came on and said. And, right. you know, we stood up, you know, to really try to make a stand and make a statement. And it's like, y'all not even listening or addressing the problem. Right. So they're like, we representing this state. You know, we're trying to win a championship. And it's like, y'all not even considering our voice. So it was a lot of disappointment from within the team. Man, I know that was just crazy. Just how's everything kind of turned out, you know, with the WNBA and the NBA, man. So what do you, what do you say? I mean, what do you think in your, in your, your opinion, how they've handled in terms of kind of taking on, you know, that voice and that, um, this, this challenge of being a, a voice for uh, against social injustice, man. I know they've done a lot, especially LeBron James and a couple other people within the league, Chris Paul as well. Yeah, man, I think uh, it's been cool. You know, I think uh, I really like them speaking up. I just hope guys doing it from the heart and they're knowledgeable, knowledgeable about what they're doing. I think the Bucks has been extremely knowledgeable. You mm-hmm. know, they were on a call with, you know, uh, people within Wisconsin that could really, you know, make some change there, you know, right. when they did boycott the game. So, a lot of people were saying, like, why did they boycott and then go right back in the hooping? You know, for them, they saw us a bigger message. Every night is Black Lives Matter on the court. You know, we study right. addressing these issues, study putting pressure on them every single day. So I think as long as they're knowledgeable about, about the topic and not using it for, like, a PR standpoint or something like that, I'm all for it. You know, it's been a lot of young guys that's really been out there. You know, shout out to Donovan Mitchell. You know, he's been doing a lot of speaking out. Uh, it's been LeBron James, obviously. You know, all the stars in the league, young stars, they've been really coming out and putting pressure because it's something that really, really affects them. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I don't have no issue as long as they're passionate about it and not just doing it as a publicity stuff. Right, right, right. This is Eric Wardyard from ESPN. If y'all have any questions for him, go and drop it right down there in the comment section. So, Eric, man, I, obviously, as you know, from like the Trump supporters, a lot of the Republican parties or whatever you might case, the Republican Party, I should say, whatever the case might be, there's been a lot of pushback in regards to you know, athletes, even dating back to, you know, Colin Kaepernick and what Muhammad Ali did, even at the 1972 Olympics, I mean, 68 Olympics uh, back then, you know, they, they feel like athletes shouldn't be, shouldn't even be involved within politics, man. And there's been a lot of pushback on that, especially recently. You know, why, why do you, why do you think in your personal opinion, why do you think it's been so much, so much pushback on that? You know, I think uh, back in the day, it was so much like the dumb athlete, you know what I mean? You look at like a, uh, uh, movies, you know, athletes portray like these dummies that don't know nothing, that's punch drunk. You know, you look at like Harlem Knights, you know, with a boxer on there where they got him, like, acting, yeah. you know, like, it, it's, it's like a perception around athletes that they don't know what they're talking about, that they're you right. know, kind of like dumb in a sense. So I think this generation of athletes is totally different. They're not buying it. They know their influence. They know what, uh, their brand at that point. You know, they understand right. how much impact they have. And it's like a whole nother generation man and it's like they're woke they're seriously woke and they know what's going on they're influential uh they have a lot of influence on you know pop culture and and everything religion race like anybody like that follows pretty much everything in life follows athletes you know so they they know their role 
And I think people just don't want to accept that. You know, like LeBron James on a whole other level, man. So it's like, if as long as guys are knowledgeable and they're coming out and speaking facts and know what they're talking about, it's tough for people to deal with that. And I think it's just a, it's, gener- it's a generational shift, you know, that's going on. And some people can't deal with it. You man, I feel you. This is Eric Wardyard from ESPN. If y'all got any questions for him, go and drop it down in the comment section. I got a couple more questions for Eric. Eric, you personally, man, you being a black man in America, you being a father and a reporter, man, I know it's kind of been a, a different, a difficult, I say a difficult time, but it's been a different time for you in regards to kind of balancing your work, being a dad, and kind of seeing everything that's transpired uh, within our country, man. Yeah, it's definitely difficult. And people always ask me how I feel. It's like, man, it's been going on my whole life. There's nothing new. <laughs> It's really not. So it's like, yeah. for me, it's totally different. I think I want to see change in every facet of life. You know what I'm saying? I want to see change in media. You right. know, we, we talk about that a lot, but you look at media companies and it's not diverse in that sense. So we covering all these topics and it's a lot, a lot of African-Americans doing that. So I want to see diversity in every aspect of life. You know, it shouldn't be no more the first black to do this, the first black to do that. We should be equal playing field. You know, I think right. we're heading in the right direction. People noticing it, but now it's time to really put us in those positions to be successful. And uh, I, I just really want to see change on all sides of life, you know. And uh, like I say, this is something I've been dealing with my whole life. It's nothing new. So it's like, yeah, I'm affected by it. But, I mean, I'm in a city where it's been a water crisis going on for the last yeah. five, six years. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, it's nothing new. It's like, y'all's preaching to the choir at this point. What are we going to do to change it? So yeah, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with it. Mm, so pretty much, like, what's the next step? Like, we've been kind of in this same mode for a while. but So we're trying to figure out. What's the next thing, man? We got a question right here, man, from uh, Tidy. Uh, his his question is, uh, do you think the athletes will continue to protest even even if they get justice for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and, and et cetera? Uh, I mean, I think they're going to continue to find, you know, different situations, uh, different things to speak up for, the voiceless. You know, that's what they're speaking up for, the voiceless people. So as long as these situations keep happening, as long mm-hmm. as guys keep murdering people, you know, on social media, we can see it right there. Of course, they're going to keep speaking up. Why wouldn't they? That's what they're down there fighting for. So, right. yeah, that's 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 the purpose of this. It's not a publicity stunt. There's something that's going on. There's something that, you know, black people, we being hunted. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're really getting shot in the back with no gun. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. put that in perspective. It's like people don't understand that, man. Like, it's big. I, I, how can't you understand? It? That's all yeah. I want to say. It's like common sense. No, no. That's cool, man. I love that answer, man. If y'all have any questions for Eric, go and drop it right down there. The comment section. All right, bro, let's talk hoops, man. Uh, your Bucks, man, they down 2-0 to Miami, man. So why they struggle against the Heat, bro? Man, it's a lot. You know, like, the Heat had a lot of success against them in the regular season. People don't realize they, they was the only team, were the first team to beat them twice in the regular season. Mm-hmm. That team is just, they, they tough. I think more so than X's and O's than anything, they're tough yeah. as nails, starting with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, their mentality. Probably, yeah, it's that killer mentality. Jay Crowder, I was out there in Utah with him, so I know how he built. You know, tough-minded, not scared of nobody. Bam out of bio, you know what I'm saying? Like these guys ready to hoop. Kendrick Dunn from Chicago, like mm-hmm. these boys ready to hoop, and I think they're. And he ain't been playing like that. Don't even been playing. Yeah, like he that. ain't. But I'm just saying, just that that DNA, that mentality, like within that locker room, is totally different. And I think uh, Milwaukee got the, you know, they got the talent there, but it's just like they got to tap into that inner dog. They got to bring that inner beast out. And I think from an X's and O's standpoint, you know, like teams that's been successful against Milwaukee, they can shoot the three very well. So like when teams knocking down the three. I don't know why they don't have a they don't have an answer for defending that three. They can protect the paint, but defending that right. three is tough. And like building that wall around Giannis. Giannis put up good numbers last game, but the first game, mm-hmm. I think he had like six points in the paint or something like that. So I think when you build that wall and be successful, like Toronto kind of gave the blueprint last year with Kawhi, mm-hmm. uh, they struggle with those teams. So it's it's crazy. 
Right, right. Man, I think, man, with Giannis, man, uh, well, not even, I, well, take it back, with, with uh, Miami, obviously, I think uh, Eric Spolster is a really good head coach. I don't think he really gets enough credit, obviously, because he had, you know, the big three down at Miami, and pretty much all, everybody said all he had to do was roll the ball out, and they'll just win. But what obviously we see right now, it's not the case. It's about coaching, and it's about players. And like you said with Jimmy Butler, man, he's just, he's just sets the tone for that entire team to go along with Bam, to go to, go along with uh, Tyler Hero. And then you got Gordon Dragic. Then you got Jones off the bench ready to come in at any point in time, not only as a dunker, but also as a defender, kind of lock people down on the wing. Right, definitely. I, I can't can't agree more with that, man. And it's just that <laughs> mentality. I think it's that dog mentality. It's that mindset, man. And when you – these playoffs, is, you got to tap into that inner beast or you're going to get ran over. Right, right, right. You got a question from Global Kid Media. He says, who's your favorite Flint natives to cover? Uh, he said, I talked to my fellow kids at Miles Camp last year and definitely had my Spartans my Spartans dog on the list. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was at Miles Camp last year, too. I took my son there. Um, my favorite to cover has got to be Caressa Shields. Uh, for me, uh, just seeing a young girl, uh, 14, 15 years old, I was, like, the first person to really write about her, man. And uh, seeing her come from the basement of Burston Fieldhouse, this equipment ain't nothing down there. They actually doing a movie <laughs> on it, so y'all will be able to see the equipment is falling apart. It used to be, like, 90 degrees in there on summer days because they couldn't control the, like, boiler down there. So right. seeing her grinding down there every day to, like, becoming a two-time Olympic gold medalist to now calling herself the GWOT undefeated, you know, running the women's boxing, that was fun. And obviously my Flint guys in the league, Miles, Monte, Kyle, you know, seeing them guys grow up from high school. Right. The rest are probably my favorite just because of personal connection and seeing her grow up and everything she's able to do, man. So it's, it's, it's all love. Good, yeah, bro. We got to cut. Got a question from my girl Country, aka Andre Anderson. Straight out, of, straight out of H Town. She's in St. Louis. She was on the show a couple of weeks ago, man. Uh, she says, What do you think about the Lakers and the Rockets matchup? Hey, Steve Francis ain't walking back out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just messed with <laughs> But no, man, uh, I was actually I actually really enjoyed that first round series. Uh, you know, OKC in Houston. And even though James Harden struggled offensively, man, that defensive play was huge. I ain't never seen mm -hmm. Harden really lock in like that, you know, on defense. Yeah. Just to see that. So that was, like, uh, a good sign. But I think L.A. going to pull it out in six. Mm -hmm. I get the Rockets maybe two games. The small boy is not really going to work, man. You got Anthony Davis down there. Like, they too big. The Lakers is a big team. LeBron James pushing point. You know, like, it's going to be a tough matchup. And uh, just that, that that style of offense, it just – I mean, Kobe I said like it best. It, they were, it's, it's not really going to work you know, on that stage. So, like, they got to switch it up. That ISO ball, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just don't really see it working. I'm curious to see how Westbrook comes back. You know, this series, obviously, he was coming back off the injury and everything and, right. you know, the layoff and everything. So, uh, it'll be a fun series to watch. It's probably going to be high scoring and all that, but mm -hmm. I think the Lakers going to get it in six or less. What about the Clippers matchup with uh, Denver? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a fun matchup. That that Utah and Denver matchup was uh, crazy, man. Just mm -hmm. seeing Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell just go back and forth, man. That was just like all-time great scoring playoff series right there. But, and again, in that situation, the Clippers too good, man. They, they locked in. They loaded. Kawhi Leonard, proven champion. Mm -hmm. uh, you see that guy just snatching the ball out of people's head defensively. Oh, that's just like crazy defensive stuff. So, I think same thing, six or less in that series as well. I'd be shocked if Denver get two, but, you know, I'm – Always want to see Monte Morris do well, Flint guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Denver's always a fun team to watch. They got Gary Harris back. That was big for them defensively. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, but the Clippers just too good, man. <laughs> I feel you, man. Well, E, man, appreciate your time, man, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're about to go watch some hoops right now. Uh, you're going to chill out a little bit tonight, but tomorrow I know you're back on the grind. With man, you already know.
<laughs> plays up behind <laughs> game three, man. So, hey, man, I holler at you, man. Thanks for hopping on with me, bro. Appreciate it. Man. I see you got the uh, the nice cameras back there, man. You, you stepped it up, man. You got the hey, Trey bro, Songz man. cameras and back so, there. I, I, hey, <laughs> we had some good reviews on when we first when we first did this thing. So I had to like, okay, let me step this thing up, man. By the way, your shirt is in the mail, bro. So I man, got appreciate you. Right? You know, I'm a support, man. I'm proud yeah. of everything you're doing, man. Anytime, you know, I'm here. Appreciate you, bro. I'll holler at you. For sure. Yep. All right, bro. All right, man. That was my man, Eric Wardyard, reporter, NBA reporter for ESPN. Uh, he's He specifically covers the Midwest region of the NBA, so he has the inside scoop on, Milwaukee, on the Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls, and everybody within the Central Division. So coming up next, I got my girl Dirk, Dork, Dorothy uh, Gentry straight out of uh, Dallas, Texas. So she's literally like right around the corner from me. Uh, she works for The Athletic. Uh, she does some freelance work for The New York Times. She has over 25 years of experience. Uh, just doing strictly just sports writing and that done some other things as well. And I'm very excited about her to join the show because she was going to, she's going to give us a uh, particular uh, insight on what the NBA, the WNBA uh, has been able to do their thing in terms of fighting for uh, social justice within our country. So I'm going to add her right now. Dorothy. Hello. What's going Hi. on? How you doing? I'm doing well. Can you... I have a stamp in my There you go. Tilt up just a little bit. There you go. That's good. Right there. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, no problem. I love to want, I love to want to get your uh, perspective of everything that's going on. And considering that you've been around the block a few times and <laughs> everybody knows you within the WNBA and you're very popular writing for, you know, New York Times and uh, The Athletic all over the place. I just really appreciate you joining me here tonight. Well, thank you, fam. Dallas. Yes, yes. I know you in Cedar Hill, right? Yeah. So I'm in Glen Heights, so I'm right around the corner from you. So we right here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so how's life been? You know, you covering the WNBA from home. You're not down there in the Wubble, down there no. at IMG Academy and everything. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I have a son, too. Oh, so okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I uh, need to stay around here. But yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I've enjoyed the virtual. You know, it's kind of different. But mm -hmm. uh, I've enjoyed. I've been doing three four five zooms a day uh -huh. uh, so you know it's been it's been cool that's good that's good now last week just like the nba uh the wnba went through a two-day two boycott due to the events that happened up there in kenosha um just talk to me a little bit about you know how the wnba reacted to that and they pre they pretty much always been on the forefront of voicing right. their opinions when it comes to racial injustice yeah i was i was really pleased to see um you know the wnba you know, they, they, they followed suit after the Bucks, you know, refused to take the court and then, you know, had their games canceled. But they've always been out there, though, the WNBA in terms of, uh, you know, spotlighting injustices and just speaking out on anything that's not right. I loved how the Washington Mystics, they, they all had the, the shirts with Jacob Blake yeah. and then the seven bullet holes in the back. That was a big yeah. statement, you yes. know, so um, I, I love it. I feel like they're using their platforms to the best of their ability and it's on point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now it seems like you know the W. Now it seems like, but the WNBA's brand has pretty much taken a definitely an uptick in terms of people following, and even with the hoodies and everything, everybody's pretty much hopped on them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so what does that say about the league? They've really taken advantage of this time, but just not even having fans within within their uh, their playing centers, but from around the world, it seems like people are really picking up on their brand. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the visibility most definitely is, um, it's growing, most definitely. I think, you know, in part, because of their prominence in the social justice activism, um, I think um, the commissioner and her marketing background has helped. Uh, she's new, uh, so that has definitely helped. But then you have um, the visibility increasing because of the players, the NBA players. They're they're wearing their merchandise. You know, they're sporting you know sporting the orange hoodies, um, attending games pre-corona and pre-bubble. <laughs> you know, right. all the, the NBA players were at the WNBA game, so that helped. But I also think the increased media coverage um, is helping. You have outlets like Girls Talk Sports with Christina Williams. You got right. Sharon Brown, you know, who she's covered the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies for a number of years. And now she's covering the NBA, WNBA. Uh, you have Howard Medgill with the next two. She got right. Insider. So, you know, the media coverage is helping, too. If you cover it, people will watch it, right. you know. Um, the merchandising, as you see, is selling out as soon as, you know, things are put out with WNBA on it, it sells out. If right. you promote it, they will buy it. So I just mm. think all of these things are like a perfect storm coming together to increase the visibility. Speaking of visibility, you wrote a, a phenomenal article uh, that oh, appeared in the New York Times <laughs> earlier this week about the relationship between uh, Natasha, Natasha Cloud and also Bradley Beal, both based out of D.C. Natasha yeah. plays for the Mystics. Uh, obviously, Bradley Beal plays for the Wizards. Uh, they both opted not to play. Uh, right. in their prospective bubbles, uh, decided to kind of go their own directions, but they somehow managed to link up in this fight for social justice. Yeah, that was, man, that was such an honor to speak with both Brad and uh, Natasha. Now, you know, he had an injury, so that's why he opted out. Right, had, exactly. Uh, right shoulder injury, but he still said he always thought that they could still, you know, uh, help promote social justice even in the bubble. Right. Um, and then, of course, Natasha opted out specifically for social justice. It was great talking to them because you could tell that if this this isn't a bandwagon thing for them. Right. You could tell that they are really committed and really dedicated to social justice and to change. Um, Brad was like, well, after the elections, we need to start dealing with maybe uh, police brutality, um, the educational facilities and the money available to the communities. It's like he's already talking about some things to work on after right. the election. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, but what, what about the NBA season? And he's talking about, you know, making change in the community. Uh, same right. thing with Natasha. You know, she wants to, she's coming back to the Mystics, of course, but she was like, we need to do this next and this next, and we need to go here and do this. So it's not a fad for them. And I think mm -hmm. their, um, I don't know, I guess it's like their commitment kind of shown through as we were talking. They weren't talking about X's and O's. Right. They weren't talking about the playoffs. They were talking about what needs to be done. So mm -hmm. I was impressed by that. It was great talking with them. So did you interview them both at the same time? Obviously, no, it was different. It was oh, okay. yeah, at, 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 at uh, different times, and they had the same energy. They had mm -hmm. the same commitment and dedication. Uh, so, yeah, at different times. Yep. You know, now, you've covered sports for a long time, and this time has been very difficult considering, one, you're not at games, so you can't really get the access you want. Right, right. Two, you're at home. You know, you're not really traveling like that. And then three, uh, with everything that's going on in the country, whether it's corona-related, uh, racism-related, and then four, you're a black woman. So you have all these type of things coming at you. You're dealing with, you know, number one, how are you holding up? And two, how are you able to manage um, – being a black woman and a sports writer at the at this particular time. Wow, uh, yeah, 
everybody's been dealing with a whole lot. You know, it's it's been very challenging um, on every level, but not just professionally. You know, as I said, you know, first and foremost, I'm a mom, you know, uh, and I have a 17-year-old black male child. That mm. says it all right there. That says it all right there. Uh, shout out Jeremiah. Um, he, um, you know, the events of this year, you know, they've hit home. George Floyd, you know, the police brutality, Ahmaud Arbery, all look like my son. Mm -hmm. You know, he looks, he looks like them, you know, so it's been a lot just dealing with that this whole year. Of course, Corona, you know, coronavirus and everything, you know, not he's, he's a senior in high school, so not wanting him to be, you know, exposed to anything. Um, as a black woman, right. um, I've always been around sports and I'm in my fourth year covering both leagues. And um, that's a blessing. And, and I'm grateful for that. Um, so I've just been, you know, I, I'm not. I always tell people I'm not afraid to say, you know, I definitely am a believer. And so I, you know, I, I just, I have a lot of faith mm -hmm. and I, you know, pray, but I get frustrated sometimes and, right. you know, um, I have to just, just keep looking up because that's where it's at. Like I always tell everybody. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely been difficult as a mother of a black child, black male child. Yeah, I understand. I have a young daughter myself, so mm -hmm. I definitely kind of understand all that. Uh, Y'all have any questions for Dorothy? Go ahead and drop it right there in the comment section. So let's talk a little hoops right now. Um, yep. Season's winding down. You know, uh, WNBC season's winding down. Uh, so what's been your biggest take so far? I know Seattle's been kind of killing it also. The Sparks <laughs> as well. Man. Oh, gosh. Biggest take. I don't know. I think the rookie of the year uh, has been interesting to me because it's a lot. Last year, it was pretty much a, a, a two-woman two race, you know, right. uh, between, you know, Fee and Enrique. This right. year, it's it's a, it's several rookies that are out there doing the thing. Now, some of them have also had injuries. Of course, Sabrina hasn't even played. Uh, she's she's pretty much done for the season. Right. Sabrina uh, UNESCO with New York. Mm -hmm. But then you had Satu Sabley here in Dallas. She's had out a couple of games. Right. She's doing some things. And then you have Crystal, you know, Dangerfield coming in, um, you know, also with, um, with um, I want to say, is she with Phoenix? No, no, no. The same team that uh, that Nafisa was with as well, okay. you know. Uh -huh. um, and so then you also have Kennedy Carter, you yeah. know. But then she got hurt, and she's just coming back this week from being out for a couple of weeks. So you have a lot of rookies doing a whole lot this year. So it was a pretty good rookie class this year. So right. that has stood out to me the most is the rookie class this year. So. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. No. No. Guys, if you have any questions for Dorothy, go and drop it right there in the comment section. Now, it's been a little talk uh, about Sue Bird possibly retiring. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, what she'll be, what, 39 in the fall? Wow. Um, and, you know, Father Time is not defeated. Mm. Um, but if she's still feeling well, you know, she can continue to play. Um, if right. the passion is still there, you know, she has, what, what three, three rings now, three championships. Mm -hmm. um, so... I mean, you know, it'll be up to her. But, uh, yeah, she'll be 39 in the fall. So, if she has the passion, she can continue to play. You know, she's still playing at a great level. You right. know, but, of course, Father Time, you know, is not, you know, defeated. You right. Know, so. and, and I know she won't have no problem handing the reins off to Brianna, who's doing a phenomenal <laughs> job up there in Seattle as well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so um, I got a question for you in regards to, uh, uh, what's my girl name, Maya Moore who uh, made new headlines earlier this year. I've got to ask you about that early. Talk to me a little bit about, or fill those, fill those our listeners in who, who isn't familiar uh, with her particular situation, that, the, the great thing that she did uh, this yeah. past year. 
yes you know she this is her second year actually you know mm -hmm. she um quote unquote left the league last year you know to, right. to work on this case uh you know of of this uh guy who was in in prison and um she got a she became a part of the of the innocence project and yeah. you know had his case reopened and just you know found new evidence and you know worked alongside some others and his case was overturned and he was released from prison and she was there you know when it happened it was like she took a year out of her life her career you know to go help someone else who she right. felt was innocent and turns out that he was and um that was such a powerful thing to to basically lay down your life for someone else right. and um you know so she yeah that that was pretty big that was pretty big <laughs> and huge. Yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. I got a, one more question for Dorothy. Yeah. If y'all have any questions, go ahead and drop it right down in the comment section. So I'm going to touch home a little bit to Dallas a little real quick. Uh, now, the Mavs, even though they lost last week yeah. uh, to the to the Clippers, but I know the future is really bright for our team, despite Porzingis being out once again with the meniscus tear. But obviously, yeah. uh, the big news everybody wants to talk about is Luka Dodgers. How do you think he fared for a second year in the league? Luka did the darn thing. I mean, he was <laughs> – he came out of nowhere his second year. You know, the first year, he was, you know, he was really good, you know, right. with the other year and all of that. But I think his jump, you know, from year one to year two was astronomical. They had him in the running for most improved player, which a lot of people were like, wait, what? He should be in the MVP <laughs> conversation, right. you know, uh, which he was for a minute. Um, but, yeah, Luca, he just took his game to a whole nother level. But then, you know, people have to remember that, He's been playing against grown men since he was 16, right. you know, over, you know, over in Europe. So he's used to, you know, being on the court. You know, yeah, he just turned, what, 21? Just turned 21 yeah. um, not too long ago. But his game, I mean, he, he's going to be a key piece, not just for the Mavericks, but for the league for Absolutely. years to come, for years Absolutely. to come. We'll just see what, hope, we'll see what happens with Porzingis because – a man is really injury prone, you know what I mean? He his injury came out of nowhere too. He but was playing he, and everything, and next thing you right. know, he was out. And then this meniscus was torn. He was done for the rest of the series. Exactly. So. Yeah. He he reached. He said he he said he thinks he heard it when he was reaching for a rebound or something and overextended <laughs> or something. But before that, he was dropping thirty. I mean, he, yeah, you know, he was doing really good. Points, averaging thirty points a game, so mm -hmm. he has a game. He just needs to stay injury free. Right, right. Well, Dorothy, man, thank you so much for joining me yeah. here this evening. I really take the time yes. out of the schedule. Since you're right around, right around the corner, once Corona's over, we won't have to get up. We're going to have to go for lunch or something like I that, know. okay? And we've been talking about trying to do something. So, yes, thank you Absolutely. for having me. I, and I no problem. And uh, before I let you go, how can people connect with you, check out all your articles and everything? I'm Dorothy J. Gentry on all social media and um, Athletic, New York Times, um, Come on, drop them. News, yeah, drop them, drop them, drop them, drop them. Um, have it. Uh, yeah, so all of those. All right, appreciate it, Dorothy. We'll talk soon, Thank okay? You. All Thank right, you now. so much. Yep. Bye. <laughs> all right, y'all, that was Dorothy Gentry, uh, freelance writer, veteran uh, in the sports industry, works for the Athletic New York Times and a whole bunch of other publications, so... Thank y'all for joining me here tonight for episode eight of the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast, where you get nothing but real talk, analysis, and conversations about sports, uh, race, uh, anything, politics, news, current events that's happening in our country, man. So if y'all have any ways, any suggestions 
or how I can get better going, drop it in the comment section. DM me, email me, do whatever you want to do um, because I'm just trying to get better, trying to make this thing as great as it possibly can. Um, as for next week, uh, the NFL returns, so we'll, I'm coming strong next week. I'm going to have some real heavy hitters ready to roll. We're going to be talking about everything regards to the NFL, which I'm very excited about. And I don't know if they're going to have fans, but we'll see what happens. But I want to thank y'all for joining me and make sure y'all follow the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast on Spotify and Apple uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So thank y'all for joining me tonight. Y'all be good. Y'all be easy. And y'all take care. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, y'all. Appreciate it.